It's Purdue weekend around Bloomington and Indiana. The men's team looking to upset the top-ranked Hoosier or Boilermakers, excuse me. The women's team looking to avoid being that top-ranked team upset. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this special uh, Friday evening, Saturday morning, depending on when you're listening to this episode of Locked on Hoosiers. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Apologies for not having a show up on Friday morning. Was feeling a little under the weather and didn't get to making a show feel better this evening so this is live on youtube some of you might see it there others might see it on saturday hopefully in time for the two games as i said the hoosiers will have against purdue this weekend the men's game on saturday the women's game on sunday we'll talk about both of them today first this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook official sportsbook of locked on Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. I obviously don't have to tell you guys, give you guys the normal rundown when it comes to uh, this weekend's game. Everybody has had it circled on their calendars for quite some time. The IU-Purdue men's basketball game in Assembly Hall, 4 p.m. tip-off, really odd time. Uh to accommodate the fact it's going to be on ESPN would be my guess, which I'm not mad about. It's going to be a, a national kind of spotlight, but Saturday at 4 p.m. I can't recall a Purdue game coming up Saturday at 4 p.m. Nonetheless, you could put it anytime, any date, and Assembly Hall is going to be rocking for this one, especially since it's the number one ranked Purdue Boilermakers coming into town. As I said, it will be on ESPN. Dick Vitale, that crew will be the one there for the contest. I, I again, this that normally I would tell you like, oh, here's how these teams stack up and whatnot. You guys know all the history. I just have a couple of interesting notes. Sixty-seven and sixty-seven is the record in the last. You know, 134, if I did my math right, games dating back to the 69-70 season. This has been about as evenly matched as it comes. And this, I mean, in recent years, more or less, it hasn't been that. (laughs) Last year was the exception with the Rob Finnessy game. That stopped a pretty long streak of uh, wins for Purdue. It was up to nine wins in a row. That's what I thought it was at. That was a long time in between victories. What's your guys' favorite IU-Purdue game? Let us know in the comments if you're watching. Let us know on Twitter, whatnot. Last year ranks pretty high up there. That was a memorable one, not just because IU knocked off a top-ranked team, but that it was a role-player that grew up in in West Lafayette, you guys know the deal, Uh, coming away the hero of that win. That's really high up there. I really enjoyed a lot of those wins IU had with Oladipo and Zeller and Sheehy. 
One of my favorite moments is Sheehy flexing in front of the Purdue student section as IU was just blowing them out. Uh, So a couple of those games I really enjoyed. Yogi and that team beating Purdue as well uh, in the 2016 season. That was two ranked teams playing one another. Technically, IU is ranked in this game. Uh, They won't be almost certain. Well, if they win, they might stay ranked, but... The loss early in the week kind of took some of that luster off of that. Still, though, it doesn't take any of the excitement away for what this game is going to be. It's going to be a close one pretty much across the board. The prediction is for a close game. Ken Palm has Purdue favored by two points, though IU is only a 42% win probability. Not... It's not great. This is an interesting matchup for Indiana. And certainly the way they played on uh, Tuesday doesn't give you a lot of optimism for what Saturday could hold. But hopefully that is the blip. Tuesday looked a lot like some of those games that IU struggled with. uh, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, some of those games. So hopefully they got that out of their system. Purdue's obviously also coming in. Absolutely rolling. They've been rolling all year. They're 22-1, and 11-1 in the Big Ten. They lo- their one loss was to Rutgers on January 2nd at home. Uh, obviously, IU is well aware of what Rutgers can do. Since then, they have not lost, and they've beaten some of the best the Big Ten has to offer. Ohio State, before they really fell apart. Penn State on the road. Uh, Michigan State on the road. Maryland though Maryland apparently has superpowers when they play at home, and that one was in Mackey. Uh, Michigan State at home, Penn State at home, Michigan on the road. Uh, So they've played some tough teams. For their schedule, this is the toughest remaining game they have. It's marginal with Illinois, who is one spot behind IU and Ken Palm. But this is their toughest remaining game being on the road against IU, who is still a top 25 Ken Palm team. So this there's not a lot between them and the Big Ten title at this point. I don't really think that anyone is really kind of discussing the Big Ten title as a possibility. Purdue's just kind of running away with it, which is whatever. I, I use midseason slip-up and, and falter cost them from this being a really exciting race because uh, the third to final game of the year is IU versus Purdue. And if the big 10 title was on the line and that had been a lot of fun, but barring Purdue imploding and IU going on a a huge run, the the big 10 title race is probably done and dusted. That doesn't mean this game isn't important. IU is still in this weird spot in the big, when it comes to NCAA tournament, they're in how high are they going to be? Uh, are they going to slip back down to a bubble team? Double buy is still in play for the Big Ten tournament itself. So there are still implications for this one. Most importantly, this would be, I don't want to, a statement win is kind of cliche. I, I use the term a lot. Stabilizing win might be a better sense. If IU wins this game, there's some reassurances that, all right, we had our midseason uh issues we overcame them we're back to something resembling the team that we thought we were going to be so i more than just kind of any kind of statement or upset being a 
a stabilizing win, I think, would be the biggest thing for um, for this. If I were to win this game, that would be the biggest uh, thing, I think, for the Hoosiers in this one. We'll talk about Purdue, some of the um, notes and stats about their team. Again, I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with them. And one big matchup, figuratively and literally, all of us are going to be watching. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, FanDuel. I did not mention the FanDuel odds. IU is actually only a one and a half point underdog, which I don't know how you feel about those odds. Minus 102 money line, minus 118 for Purdue, uh, an over under of 139 and a half, which if you go off Ken Palm, it's at 142. So maybe the over, but IU plus one and a half. It, it really, I guess, depends on. You you actually get better odds at minus one hundred two, so just taking the money line. If you really want that point, I guess I don't really know what to think about this game in that regard. It's gonna be. I mean, Assembly Hall is gonna be rocking. If I had to guess, you might as well just take the money line and and root for an outright win because losing by a point just gonna be a pain in the butt anyway. But all those odds came from our friends over at FanDuel, the new official sports betting partner. If you guys haven't gotten started over there before, now's the perfect time. No sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. You can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just by signing up today. It's a great app. I use it all the time. Uh, it's safe, it's secure, super easy to use. You get your payouts instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Let's also talk about LinkedIn, another sponsor that has been with us for a... Or a sponsor that has actually been with us for a while. FanDuel is new. FanDuel is new. LinkedIn is not As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. You guys have heard me talk about it before. Super simple. Go to linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Add it to or post it from your uh, account so that your network sees it. People can spread it. The best part about LinkedIn is they have screening questions so uh, you are get qualified candidates right away there's no kind of feeling through the the candidates and trying to determine if they're the right ones linkedin does that for you so head on over to linkedin jobs they help you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball as well. Uh, They have everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. They had an episode earlier this week talking about Jalen hood Shafino. I believe it was on Wednesday. It was right after that Maryland game, but talking about him as an NBA draft prospect, 
I know some of you might not follow the draft in the NBA. There might be some good news on that front uh, based on kind of what his prospects are looking like right now. There's a potential he could come back to Bloomington next season, but it was a very it was an interesting discussion on what he looks like as a pro prospect and what the uh, he has to work on to be ready at the next level. I appreciate this. You're way too young to remember some of the greatest games in this rivalry uh, from Forrest. You're not wrong. Um, this rivalry has been going on forever and ever and ever. Uh, I will take being called young, but uh, my back certainly doesn't feel young, but I appreciate it. There's a long, long history of memorable games. I, there are some that I remember being awesome games, but the fact that this rivalry dates back as long as it does and the, the games always feel like they're really close. It's created a lot of uh, matchups that everybody remembers for one reason or another. Again, typically I would run through a, kind of what this Purdue team is and what they excel out, things like that. I think I speak for a lot of IU fans in that we always kind of keep our eye on Purdue and what they're doing. So if there's a school or a team that, we might be most familiar with outside of IU. It might be Purdue. The, the basics are that IU, or excuse me, Purdue in conference play has been the most efficient offense, the third most efficient defense. They are dead last in uh, tempo. They are going to play super slow. They're one of the slowest teams in the country outright. Like they're bottom 20, 25 in terms of pace, which, I mean, when you have Zach Eady, yeah, you don't run. You slow it down and get the ball into him. In conference play, their second and effective field goal percentage. They are 11th in turnovers, so they do turn the ball over a lot, but they're going to pound the ball inside. They're going to get a lot of offensive rebounds because of Eady, Caleb first as well, and they're going to beat you in the interior. They're fifth in three-point percentage in the conference. Now, if you were looking for a glass half full thought coming into this game, they are coming off an unseasonably good shooting performance against Penn State. On the season as a whole, they are shooting 37% from three. They shot 45% on 14 of 31 shooting from three against Penn State. If you're a believer of everything being kind of cyclical and a good performance is eventually followed by a bad one, then maybe they're due for a bad performance because they had a really good one against Penn State. A lot of that was Mason Gillis. He was 9 of 12 by himself in this game. He's going to be someone to obviously pay attention to outside of Edie, uh, but all everything about Purdue centers around Edie, and, and that's why he's a... Big Ten Player of the Year frontrunner, a National Player of the Year candidate. They're third in the country or in the Big Ten in two point percentage. Um, they don't get blocked. He doesn't necessarily block people, but I mean, when you're seven, whatever he is, seven in a mile, you alter a lot of shots just by being down there and people being aware of your presence. One thing of note that is interesting, or a couple things actually, on top they. They get the most offensive rebounds. They do not give up offensive rebounds. They go to the line fourth most frequently in the Big Ten. 
they do not put people on the line. They are first in the Big Ten and not allowing opponents to get to the line relative to how many field goals they shoot. So it's going to be something to note. I'm sure uh, in the Hall of Calls, as everybody pretends Assembly Hall is, there will be lots of complaints if IU goes to the line a lot. But with Trace Jackson Davis, and I'm certain he's going to want to attack Edie early on and get him in foul trouble potentially. But at the end of the day, this is a Purdue team that typically does not foul. They typically don't play someone like Trace Jackson Davis either, so it's a double-edged sword there. But it is worth noting this team up to this point, uh, just in terms of raw numbers, have allowed the fewest free throws in the Big Ten. You can complain about that now and get ahead of the curve, but uh, it was... Um, it is something to note heading into the game. Edie is averaging 21-13 on 61% shooting. Again, everybody's aware of him. 2.3 blocks. He's he's great. He's really tall. He creates a ton of matchup issues. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Fletcher Lover is at 13 points per game. And shooting 36% from three. He takes the most threes of anybody on average for Purdue. Obviously, we just said Gillis is the one that makes or made a bunch of them the other night. Even with that, he is a 31% three-point shooter on the season. Uh, Him going 9 of 14 the other night, he had hit seven threes coming into the game. So you can kind of watch for him, but that, I mean, across the whole season, he has not been a good three-point shooter. Braden Smith is shooting 43% from three. Overall, it's not a crazy high-volume three-point shooting team. Again, when you have a seven-foot-four guy in the middle of the paint, you go through him. It's more opportunistic threes than anything else. I, for a number of reasons, am fascinated by what this Trace Jackson Davis-Zach Eady matchup is going to be. If you look back to last season, he got in foul trouble early on against Purdue at home, and IU won in spite of that. He played a lot better in Mackey in the the other game, especially in that second half he was really good. You can kind of compare it. He hasn't done well against just those really tall guys, and Kofi Coburn was someone that had his number for a lot of matchups throughout his career. Now, Mike Woodson kind of personally challenged him against uh, Coburn in the Big Ten tournament, and Trace responded in a really big way, and IU won the game. Hopefully, that kind of flipped a switch of some sort so that he plays with that aggressiveness on Saturday. If he isn't playing at a high level, this IU team is not going to win the game. Uh, now, I would have said that last year, too, but and they did win, so short of, I don't even know what the equivalent of Rob Fennessy going off Tamar Bates comes in and scores 30 or I don't, that doesn't even feel obscure enough. CJ Gunn or something. I don't know it short of somebody like that coming in and having a career night. I, this, it feels like trace has to be out there and has to be impactful in this game. It's going to be a challenge though. Uh, he's going to have to deal with just Zach Eady being bigger than him. It's not, something that typically happens. I fully believe Trace can still score on him in the post, but 
it's going to be a different kind of challenge that he doesn't typically have coming up against bigs at any point, Big Ten or not, uh, this season. So it's it's the matchup. It's the one that's going to determine this game. Trace really can't afford to get into foul trouble three minutes into this game, four minutes into this game like he did in the home game last season. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that, that uh, they do not – that Trace does not get into foul trouble right away. The men's team is not the only IU-Purdue game this weekend. Let's talk about the women's team as they are set to play Purdue on the road on Sunday. Before we dive into that, I know a lot of people are looking to eat healthier as part of a New Year's resolution this year. You got to try Built Bar if that is the case. I have many times called them a candy bar. Technically, they are not. They are a... Uh, protein bar or a healthy snack bar, I guess, is probably the the best way to describe them. But look, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have amazing flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They taste great. Like, they taste like candy bars. But you get the benefit of them only being 130 calories. They have 4 grams of sugar. They have 17 grams of protein. And they're readily available. Not only... You can obviously go to built.com and get them, but they're available at Walmart. They're available at Sam's Club. I've seen them at Sam's Club. I've seen them at Walmart, uh, both in Indianapolis. So if you guys are in the area, they are around. You can get a four-bar box at Walmart, a 13-bar box at Sam's Club. Try them today. They are fantastic. Uh, really, they they taste like candy bars, and they are good for you. What better combination can you ask for let's talk about the women's game and what that matchup is going to entail they will play at 2 p.m on sunday i don't these afternoon tip-offs are weird 2 p.m is a little more normal than 4 p.m though but 2 p.m Mackey arena it'll be on fs1 iu is not going to be behind a paywall the rest of the year no more big 10 plus so you guys can Watch the Hoosiers every step of the way the rest of the season, starting on Sunday, FS1. If we're talking rivalries that are kind of level in recent years, it is not the women's <laughs> women's one. IU is 38-53 and 53 all-time against Purdue, and that is even accounting for the fact that they have won seven straight games and 11 of the last 12 games. Before that, Purdue just dominated this rivalry, like thoroughly destroying the Hoosiers in this rivalry. Terry Morin has changed it around completely. This run, I think, started before she got there, but she is the one that has the seven-game win streak over Purdue right now. I used 21-21 and 21 at home, but 17-32 and 32 in Mackey. That being said, they've won... Their last three games in West Lafayette and four of their last five. So that hasn't been a problem. Last year, the game did go to overtime in Mackey. That was one of the first games without Mackenzie Holmes. I It was a bit of an escape by Indiana. They had a, a crazy comeback late to force overtime and then won the game in the extra session. So... This has, I mean, this is a close game generally. Both games last year were single-digit games. 
before that, IU was winning by double digits regularly, but this Purdue team has turned things around. They were kind of in a bit of a rut. The women's team started the year um, really, really well. 8-1, and 10-2, and two, heading into conference play. They are 15-6 and six overall. They are 6-5 and five in the Big Ten this season. Again, though, that being said, they're capable of some big wins. They beat Ohio State. The wheels have fallen off at Ohio State. They finally got things back on track with a win over Wisconsin last or during the week. But even that came with the, the score being tied or very close in the third quarter. The Buckeyes might be a little bit broken. The Hoosiers can be uh, feel a little responsible for that. Purdue also beat Illinois at Illinois. Uh, both those wins for Purdue were on the road. So they're in a little bit of a groove right now. Their losses have been to Maryland, to Iowa, to Michigan. They have lost to Penn State. They have lost to Nebraska. So this is a team that is capable of a strong showing, is also capable of losing to uh, teams not quite as good, but if you're capable of a strong showing, you're at home and you're playing against your biggest rival, I fully expect a very motivated and and uh, just a, a high level of execution from this Purdue team. At the same time, IU is IU. IU is really damn good, and ultimately, no matter how good Purdue might execute, if IU does the things it's good at, they will win this game. Purdue, though, does have some weapons. Lasha Petrie is averaging 13.9 points per game. Abby Ellis is 11.9. Caitlin Harper is 11.1. Uh, so there are players that can hurt the Hoosiers as a team. They only shoot 34% from the three-point line. But Ellis and Harper are both over 41%. Uh, Harper not on much volume, a little over like one and a half threes a game. Ellis though is over three threes a game. So it's really a couple players that are kind of carrying that uh, three point shooting percentage. McKenzie Holmes should have a pretty strong showing in this one. Purdue doesn't really have any size to match up with her. So McKenzie Holmes has been doing it all season long and I don't suspect things will change on Sunday. IU, the one thing is that this could be a bit of a trap game because awaiting IU next Thursday is Iowa, and that is the game to look forward to in the Big Ten on the women's side. Those are the two teams that are probably going to duke it out for the Big Ten title. They have two games left, the first of those in Bloomington on Thursday. Typically... I would be worried about this being a trap game. Being against Purdue means it's going to have IU's full attention, but it is of note that looming is that Iowa game. IU, IU plays, I, and I've said this a couple times, Purdue on Sunday, Iowa at home, at Ohio State, uh, Michigan at home, Purdue at home, at Iowa. That's an absurd final six games of the season starts on Sunday. If the Hoosiers went out, they are well clear and win the big 10. They can afford a, a loss here or there, depending on who it is they lose to and what games they win. 
But I use Destiny. It's in his own hands in the last six games when it comes to the Big Ten turn or Big Ten title. Again, that starts on Sunday against Purdue. We'll be live after Sunday's game to talk that game, to talk the men's game, hopefully react to a pair of victories for IU basketball. It's going to be an exciting weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Even this Friday slash Saturday kind of special episode. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. They have the experts. They have the coaches. They have the players. They got everything for you guys. It's available on YouTube wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. We'll be live tweeting throughout the weekend. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to YouTube so that you're here for the live shows, uh, including on Sunday. Leave a rating and review while you're at it. That helps us out immensely. As always, guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. I hope the Hoosiers pick up a couple of big wins. And most importantly, as always, LEO.